welcome to Recovery Internet Radio, broadcast live and direct from Straight Stuff Studios here in the beautiful snowy country. I don't know if you're keeping track, but we're about five minutes late. You, know, you can blame the engineer for that one. So sorry. Uh, if you're joining us tonight, thank you for being with us. We've got a great show for you this evening. Uh, this, is, this is episode number 91, if you're counting, because I'm not. So maybe uh, you can correct me, but let me know. 91 sounds like a great number. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce our host tonight, Mr. Rick Atwater. 91. Okay. All righty then. 99991. So welcome everybody to Recovery Internet Radio uh, and our show tonight, uh, Take a Stand Speaks Out. I thought that was an appropriate title. Yeah. <laughs> you think? <laughs> and uh, this is Lindsay and Courtney. And we'll be talking, uh, so thanks for joining us tonight, where we are every Sunday night at 7. We used to be 8, but now we're at 7. And thanks to Chris, our engineer. Um, yes. Just a couple quick reminders. You can, um, you can call in if you have questions or comments, or if, if you want to talk to Lindsay or Courtney. Um, you, can, you can do that by calling 323-792-2977. That's our regular calling number. That's 323-792-2977. Or you can tweet us live at Rick Atwater. Yes, you can. And that's and that was confirmed by yeah. our engineer Chris that you can. At Rick Atwater. Yeah, I'd actually like that better. You know, it's tough to take calls. We're not really set up in like a like a like a it's, regular studio studio where you like yeah. we just hear you. You just say whatever you want, and you'd be crazy. I don't know. <laughs> it's better if you tweet. <laughs> tweet your questions. <laughs> okay, so tweet us at Rick Atwater. Like I said, wonderful. skip that whole call in. Okay. Um, and remember um, to check out recoveryinternetradio.com for all of our archive shows and recovery resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd love for you to, you know, look into Recovery Internet Radio because there's a lot of good stuff there. There's, I mean, good God, there's 91 shows. Yeah, there's a lot. So there's a lot for you to see. Yeah, we've covered a lot of topics. We've had some good, we've had some good shows. Yeah. Just like we're going to have. Just right like now. we're going to have this evening, right now. <laughs> Okay, you guys ready? We're ready. Okay. So ready. So, um, there's uh, there's others of you who have come and done interview stuff, right? Who who else who else has been out? Are you main? Are you like the generally the front people for take you know take stand or? No, we've got a whole we have a whole uh, how many seven? There's seven of us. Seven yeah. of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all contribute a different into the group, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say um, there are times where some of us are at the forefront and there are times where some of us are at the back, right. <laughs> the back end. It really just depends on where we are at, you know, in our in our busy lives that right. who can right. come and take a lead at what time. So, I gotcha. But there are, a few, there are most of us and okay. uh, seven of us that are participating. So, so let's talk about um, what, what, what Take a Stand is. And then, like what it is now, and then maybe we'll talk about like how, like how it, how you developed it. But t- tell us what it is first. What is it? Um, we're a group of young advocates from really all over Lake and Cook County now. Like Lindsay said, there's seven of us. Mm-hmm. Um, our primary focus is to eliminate the stigma of addiction. Um, right now, we see that with the programs that are you know, being taught in schools and the way parents are teaching their kids, there's such a stigma associated with becoming an addict and what your life is going to turn into. And, um, you know, because of that, 
that shame and that stigma. People in addiction are afraid to get help. Um, they become chastised. They become outcasts. Um, and so we really want to focus on eliminating that stigma altogether, giving people in recovery or in an addiction, giving them um, a voice, really. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, giving them hope. It's like that label theory, like, you know, once you're labeled an addict, and how is that supposed to make that person feel right. when you're labeling them, when you're, when you're labeling it negatively? Right. What do you think the stereotype is? I mean, what, what, what's the common, like if somebody says, oh, that guy's, that guy's an addict, what, 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 do, what do people think? That they're lower than them. Yeah, I think it, it just goes back to that image that we always would see in ads and growing up when we were younger in school, that image of, you know, someone um, in an alley passed out or, you know, people who steal or people who, you know, do all these terrible things. And, of course, when you're within an addiction, I mean, obviously people do extreme things to feed that. But what what I would say the other people or the normies don't understand is that it is a disease. It's, it's at some point, it's not you making these conscious decisions anymore. It's your addiction making them for you. And once people understand that, um, you know, then we can move forward with treating it as a disease and mm-hmm. with really unifying everyone and, and understanding that we're all, we're do you think people same. get, do you think people get it? When when you tell them, or do you have to do more than I assume you have to do more than tell them? It depends. Like um, at the walk, or we actually, you know, I shouldn't bring up that the black party was a moment that I that I think we actually created actual awareness among a parent. She mm-hmm. actually just stumbled upon the black party with her three kids. Mm-hmm. They ended up spending the whole day with us. Mm-hmm. At the end, she's like, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. This was a. I, I had no idea heroin was around. Number one, mm-hmm. I had no idea that this is what addiction looks like. She's like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, Talk about she, the, you, yeah. you did a block party. Yeah. Talk about that. What is that? What, how did you, how did you do that? We invited the, we, it was like a regular block party. We made flyers. Mm-hmm. We put them on mailboxes the night before throughout Everywhere. the whole, the All whole neighborhood the through a town. Whose block? And her like, cold is <laughs> at her parents' house. Her dad was gracious enough yeah. to cook burgers yeah. all day for Free all event. of our guests. Come on in. We had the fire truck mm-hmm. come. And so My dad kids. DJ'd. We had music all day. We had some live musicians come afterwards and play and hang out. Um, we had a beanbag toss. Like Lindsay said, we had a fire truck, which was my favorite part. <laughs> Did you get a ride? I got to sit in it. It was so fun. <laughs> but it was, it was like Lindsay said, it was so cool because it was a beautiful day. It was perfect outside, and there was community members just going for walks that stopped in, yeah. or there were people that actually came because we had invited them or saw the flyer. Um, and so you really get to see a bunch of different demographics when you yeah. do something like that. Yeah. But as far as your question about people being receptive to it, there's always going to be pushback. There's always going to be people that no matter what you say, they're just going to roll their eyes, they're set in their opinions. But when you can really change someone's focus and really get them to understand that this is something different than what they thought it was, um, I think that's a really, really rewarding feeling. Absolutely. And one one of the things that that was intriguing for me when, when I first started looking into what you guys do is your your statement that you work with the unaware <laughs> that's very interesting yeah mm-hmm. because um yeah so let's talk about that what is what, what do you mean by the unaware <laughs> well the cool we, thing yeah. is sorry go no, ahead no, well the cool no. thing is within the, the this community of 
um, other advocacy groups and the sober community. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many groups similar to us that do, like you were saying, Cassandra's group, Wake the Nation, they do mm-hmm. regular Narcan trainings. Mm-hmm. Or um, like the Jeremy Stam Remembrance Foundation, they send underprivileged kids to um, camps. to camps, day camps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, each group kind of has their own... Uh, people that they work with and people um, some of the groups will work with those that are already aware and it's kind of like okay we know it we know this is a problem now what's the next step you know um, well we're kind of the step before that where people don't always know it's a problem so we want to make them aware first and then you know, then they can go from there. It's like it's like your onion. We're peeling away, so first we're making them aware, <laughs> right. and then once we've once we've met that goal with that person or group or whatever, uh-huh. then we go to the next step. Now, what what can you do right. to change What's in your, your personal mind? life? What can mm-hmm. you do to help to improve the community situation? Maybe it's just by telling a friend or two um, about you know what you learned or whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. it's whatever, you know, I mean, um, whatever it is, though, it's, it's kind of like we're peeling away and getting deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, the outer layer is the hardest layer to break. <laughs> yeah. It is a tough onion. <laughs> What's the outer, what is the outer layer? Think, is that the addiction itself or is that? No, it's like, like the unawareness. The perception or? of addiction, the perception uh, of what's okay. around, yeah, the yeah. denial. Yeah, the denial. People have been trained to, to think for their entire lives, really. We've been trained yeah. that drugs are bad, don't do drugs, don't become an addict, or I hate to say junkie, but don't become that, you know. Right, right. That's what people are trained to see and trained to believe. And, you We're know, rewiring the brain. Like, just kidding, that's not <laughs> true. Rewiring we're rewiring brain. a perception process yeah. of what it is. We're, okay. we're, change, we're trying to change the perception of the community. That may right. take a different avenue for one person than it does for another. So mm-hmm. we got to try more than one tactic to help to get through to people. Because it's not and, just yeah. telling them. You need to get through to people. And that's why you've done, and we'll probably talk more about this a little bit later, but you've done a lot of different things. You've mm-hmm. talked yeah. about doing walks. The block party, you, uh, that was a First time I heard of that one. That was yeah. that's good. But was that your idea or who's idea? I think that might have been my. Little I think it was Lucy's uh, idea. Well, it was my your little... dad cooking the burgers, so <laughs> yeah, that might have been your. Yeah. They were good burgers too, and we had pizza. <laughs> There's a lot of food. That'll get, get them out there every time. Yeah. 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 I'll but go the, anywhere. There's free burgers. But you're right. It's you know, I think people. I don't know. My my thought is that people think they know. They know a little bit, so they think they know enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the hardest thing to get through. Is Human. It? Yeah. They like, become oh, content in what they already know. And instead of trying right. to learn more or seek more or figure out what the next step is, now I have this knowledge, what do I do with it? They just become content in what they understand, and that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know there's heroin around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Not going to happen to my kid. Until it, right, until Not it happens. Not going to anybody yeah. I know or anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Which then, all right, so... That brings me to my next, you know, questions, which I think I mentioned to you. Like, how, so tell tell us how you got this whole thing going. Like, what was the impetus for this? It started almost two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, it started. Did you have an anniversary party? We did we it. <laughs> well, we're no, going to we have should. our two year coming up here January 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, or two years, yeah. A two year, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you going to have cupcakes? It, we we didn't know. Spaghetti. I don't know. We started because, um, well, I'm from like Zurich. She's from Grays Lake area. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, but we didn't start it together, actually. It began with five of us. It was mm-hmm. five women. Um, what happened was, 
there were a lot of heroin deaths happening um, in Lake Zurich. Like it, it was almost like we were hearing about it every two weeks. It was ridiculous. I mean, it was almost to the point where like I was just hearing it and I was just like, oh, there's another one. There's mm-hmm. another one. Um, you know. Basically, that's how, yeah. So um, one day, and I don't know what came over me. I was unemployed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was bored at home, you know. I heard about another one of, of a girl that I knew and um I just kind of got really tired of kind of sitting and watching, so I put a Facebook status up just saying, hey, guys, anyone want to help out with doing something about this? This is getting ridiculous. You know, who wants to help? And then they got, you know, it got a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And then this um, another lady that used to work with us, Shannon, she reached out to me. She, Her and I started kind of brainstorming. That was within, like, the first or second day. Mm-hmm. And then within the week, we had there were five of us girls, mm-hmm. and we just – Started planning. All from like Zurich or? (laughs) All from like Zurich at the time, but then we recruit, then Courtney came and then Spencer came and then we had a couple. So now we have Mm -hmm. more. Um, Started with five. Now we've got seven, some new members, some Mm -hmm. that have went on their own endeavors. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And is your area that you work with mainly Lake County and part of Cook? Is that what I heard you say? Lake and Cook, Chicagoland area. We live in Cook County, but, I mean, we all grew up in Lake County or or right over the border. Yeah. Yeah, some of us live in Lake County still. Just in a way. Mm -hmm. I think it's more just northwest suburbs type. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The awareness right now is is the northwest suburbs. So so how about your, your, you know, your personal, the personal part for you. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I guess I just, I've always been educated about addiction because I, is it from when I was a kid, it's mm-hmm. always been around. You know, my dad's yeah. side of the family, um, you know, I've seen people have seizures at mm-hmm. Thanksgiving dinner and mm-hmm. mostly alcoholism, some mm-hmm. heroin, some, mm-hmm. uh, some other drugs, but mm-hmm. my dad has five sisters and, uh, most of them are addicts. Mm-hmm. Um, one has passed mm-hmm. uh, from alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some abuse, you know, going on in the family, mm-hmm. um, or that was going on in the family. And so, you know, it's just kind of I just knew. Mm-hmm. I just knew, like, as a young age what it does to people. Yeah. Um, and I think it was very hard for me to – it's been very hard for me. I can't fix – I have learned the hard way through a previous relationship that I had been in that was very abusive, um, an addict, you know, an, an addict, um, that I can't fix somebody. Like, I can't. Like, I, so I think I was just trying to turn it around so maybe I can help the community. You know, right. I, maybe it seemed easier to help people I didn't know than to help somebody I did know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that makes sense, but I think it was just like, I can't fix you, I couldn't fix you, mm-hmm. and I can't handle the situation with anybody in my that I can immediately help, I, mm-hmm. maybe I can just help people that are a little bit further from you know maybe it's something maybe it'd be more in my comfort level to train, sure. make a difference yeah. in the community sure. versus you know yeah I understand you know? I understand I don't I don't really know whether I don't really know whether any of it makes sense anyway you right. know what I mean? like if you try my experience is if you try to make much sense out of addiction you drive yourself crazy right. so you just get to work it's yeah. automatic rationale you know? yeah, yeah. You just, <laughs> So you got to work is what you're saying. Yeah, you just, you just enough things just piled up, you know, personally and, and then mm-hmm. ar- around you that you just started that you just launched. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I get that. I get that. You mm-hmm. got to do you got to do something. I mean, what, what's what are the options? Sit around and, and uh, you know watch daytime TV and eat uh, you know eat cookies or. How do you? Well, I mean, I just don't understand that how it's half bad. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of liking that. Actually, uh, but, yeah. How can you watch though? You know, I mean the. 
And especially if it wasn't for, I know it sounds strange, but it wasn't for the heroin deaths, I wouldn't have done it, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, how can you watch one person after the other go Mm -hmm. without doing something? I don't know what, but it was, that's how I felt. It was just like, I can't just sit here on the couch unemployed, (laughs) like, you know, at the time that I had left my job Fridays, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, that, you know, I just, I'm an energetic person and I had to do, I guess that was just kind of like a calling for me at the time. Yeah, and the heroin mm-hmm. stuff is just so, like, in your face. Like, people mm-hmm. that you know are no longer here because of an overdose. Yeah. It's like, what? It's a very in-your-face thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. so, do you, so, Courtney, do you, what's what's your personal connection here? Um, well, my mom is an addict, um, and she has been since she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my dad raised me single-handedly. Um, and so, for me, I wasn't growing up watching an addiction I was growing Mm -hmm. up understanding that because of an addiction Mm -hmm. I wasn't worth being in someone's life you know Mm -hmm. and and so I kind of had a vendetta against it and and I was one of those people that stigmatized she made this decision and and I held a lot of resentment um and like Lindsay I was also in an abusive relationship with an addict for um about four years four and a half years Mm -hmm. and so at that point I was face to face with it and seeing you know, over and over and over, these drugs are being put before me or being put before family or faith or anything else that should, you know, take precedence in your Mm -hmm. life. And so um, when I had seen the work that Lindsay and the other girls were doing with Take a Stand, I I mean, I've always, you know, had a heart for helping out. And um, when I'd seen what they were doing, I immediately was like, I want to volunteer. Let me know how I can help. Where can I come in? What do you need me to do? And I was just at the ready whenever they needed me. And so eventually they brought me on board. And um, the commitment is unbelievable. And it's so cool coming into this group and seeing the other side of it. I've had an opportunity to sit down with one of our, a good friend of our group um, who is in recovery now, and he's got a daughter. And I was able to ask him, you know, coming from where I came from as a daughter and say, how can you look at your daughter and look at your addiction and say that that's more important, you know? And Mm. being able to talk to him about that was me understanding, you know, where my mother was coming from and and what her life was like as an addict. And um, So that was kind of a point that you got to turn that whole thing around Mm -hmm. a little bit. It's not resentment anymore. It's just understanding, you know. You get to come to peace with a lot of stuff that... um, you know, that you might have had questions about growing up or that you didn't understand or that you have been upset about. And Would you have ever thought that that you wanting to help other people would give you that opportunity to turn that thing around? Oh, hell no. No, no, absolutely I mean, not. Because, you know, like we were saying that's earlier, what, you're so set in your ways and you're set in your anger and everything. Like, you can't. Right. That's, why you, that's what I'm saying. You can't figure this thing yeah, out. Yeah. Nothing can <laughs> right? my mind. And then one, one conversation sitting at Friday's actually mm-hmm. was, was my revelation. And that's when I said, you know, there's other kids out there that have felt the way I remember that I felt. moment. Yeah. You know, and there's other people. Yeah, there's other people who have been in this situation who don't know what I just learned, and I need to tell people that. I need Mm -hmm. to tell people that your parents didn't abandon you because you're not worth it, or your dad's not an alcoholic because you're a shit daughter, or Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. There's, like, moments in the process of purpose, like, where you just feel a sense of purpose. It's it's few and far between sometimes. Like, there's always, it's always a moment. It's never Mm -hmm. an event. It's never, like, a week of things it's always like a moment where you're like oh that's why I'm doing this right yeah okay I understand Mm -hmm. and it goes back into the how there's different 
all the different groups within this advocacy. Um, one of the things that makes Take a Stand unique is the majority of us are not in recovery. The majority of us are not in the program. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we may have dabbled here and there or whatever, mm -hmm. but we've never really had a, an addiction or consider ourselves addicts. Um, and so that's another thing that makes us unique too, is we reach out to a, a different demographic. Not that we exclude people in the program by any means, but mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we speak for the demographic that has been directly affected by that, you know? Right. So that's that's another thing that I think makes yeah that's unique. a different that's a that's a, a little bit of a different take mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. yeah and, and it makes you and it makes you unique no that's good and then do all of your all of your members have their own personal connection absolutely no yeah. not everybody though yeah not everybody a few of a a few have some very deep connections and. Um, and there are times where some of us have had to step back because it's been too painful. Mm -hmm. And then there are a couple of us, of them, uh, of, 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 who yeah. have no connection to the cause right. whatsoever and just want to help. We have a, two of us, two of them that are just simply here because they love what we're doing and yeah. they've learned from the whole thing and they're helping out. At, their commitment is unbelievable. I mean, it's really mm -hmm. cool. To, yeah, that we're able we to wanted to bring another guy into the group because like she said, we're a group of women and it's just nice to change up the energy a little bit. So we're thinking we want to bring a guy in. And throughout my involvement with Take a Stand, my good friend Spencer had been constantly like, hey, let me know if you need volunteers. Let me know if you need any help. Just the way that I was before I became a member. So finally, I reached out to him one day. And I was like, hey, you know, I don't know why you're so passionate about this, but whatever it is, like, we love your drive and, you know, we want to bring you in and have you on board. And he was like, I don't have any story. I've never been affected by this. He's like, I just think that this is, you know, I love what you do. And this is something that needs to have somebody fight for it. And I was in tears when he mm. said that. I'm like, you know, that was our mission is to talk to, you know, the, the unknown, the mm -hmm. ones that don't know about it. And yeah, then right there was like... And he, was, he was one of them. Oh, it was such a cool moment. It was you awesome. Had a, you had an impact on him yeah. to the extent that he, mm -hmm. yeah. now he wants to give. Yeah. Now he wants to, to plug it in. And it's cool. Mm -hmm. We want to reach people before, you know, addiction directly affects them. We want them to get involved before it happens to them or someone mm -hmm. that they love. Sure. You know, before they see someone die or before they fall into an addiction, we want them to get involved and, and help us spread the word, you know. Mm -hmm. We were just talking, let, let's talk a minute about your school connection, and then mm -hmm. and I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, and then we'll take a little bit of a break. But um, you were telling me before, you just recently got into a school system. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is cool. Can mm -hmm. you talk about, <laughs> did you guys work, did you two work together on it, on that particular thing? or We, we, we set up the it. program together. Did you? Yeah, we did. Me, uh, Courtney, me, Megan, um, Aaron, and Michelle, help. and Aaron. We're mm -hmm. like, we, there were about five of us that were involved in this one. Mm -hmm. um, so we're really exciting, actually. Mendeline freshmen. First time, so we really wanted to make it good. So we spent about five or six weeks really, like, cracking down on on a particular program unique to what we are mm -hmm. or what, what our goal is. So mm -hmm. um, it was really cool. It was funny because our first we, – we've spoken two periods, and our first period was a group of all boys and, like, two chicks. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> period four was all girls and, like, two boys. So we had this, like, crazy, like, gender thing going on. Mm -hmm. But the first period was cool because we went through the whole thing. It went flawlessly. The boys were actually really, like – 
like, it was cool. Like, they were mm-hmm. so partic- they were participating. They were actually, you could tell, you can tell when somebody's interested mm-hmm. and when somebody's just listening and then when somebody's not interested. Mm-hmm. You can really tell. I can, I know, mm-hmm. you know. And um, they, some of those guys, a lot of them were actually interested. Like, you knew. Mm-hmm. Um, we got into small, intimate groups, which was probably the most effective part of the program, mm-hmm. um, where... Everybody was in separate groups. They all came up with each group, came up with their own set of questions or whatever. And then each separate group member, like let's say I take the back half of the group. So like I start at the back end. I sit down with a group of four for about, you know, ten minutes, five, ten minutes. And basically they, they might ask you, you know, have you ever done drugs? They might ask you or mm-hmm. whatever. And now you share things with them and they share back with you. And, and the boys, and I, and I would look at someone, I'd be like, are you really interested in this or are you just like – shouldn't me, you know, and I had one guy, no, no seriously, like, I really, like, want to know, <laughs> you know, like, they told me, like, yeah, this, and the girls, they were, they were real chatty, and, you know, I was about to just throw everything up in the air and be mm-hmm. like, I'm leaving, you guys are so rude, but then, you know, but I was like that in high school, but once I got right. the small groups, mm-hmm. they really shared their stories, yeah. they shared more personal experiences than the boys did, the boys were more interested in in our lives, and the girls were sharing more of their experiences mm-hmm. with us. It was very, it was cool getting with the small groups because you get to know Was people. it surprising to you how much they were willing to share or willing to participate, or were you ready for that? I was surprised by the amount that they got from it, actually, especially the boys. I wasn't expecting it at all, but we tried our best. Like, we put our best foot forward that day, and, like, we really <laughs> kicked ass. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, like, we felt good after mm-hmm. that first period, like, but then the second period was a little bit tougher because we had the girls. Mm-hmm. But, the, yeah. but it was cool because we felt like we really accomplished something. Like, we felt like we made a difference. So, like you said, that so. you did an exercise. Mm-hmm. You want to talk a little bit about that? The rec scenarios, why don't you explain it? Okay, so we actually, um, this is a game. It's a game called Wrecked or Wreck Ed. Michelle. I'm not sure how you say it. It's actually a card game. Um, and in the card game, there's all these scenarios. So it would say... For example, one of them was like you're at or you're at home and your brother has friends over and they're smoking marijuana and they ask if you want to join. So then each participant in the group, they have their own card and their card either says check yourself, check your friends or wrecked. So based on what your card says, you can either check yourself and explain how you would, you know, decline or turn down the situation. You can check your friends you know, like put them in their place or however you would help them, or wrecked, which is, um, you know, if you went along with it and smoked the marijuana. Mm -hmm. So we decided to create our own version of that where we took stories from our own personal lives or from our friends um, that were, you know, pretty extreme um, scenarios that really happened. And we, you know, one of the scenarios, the example that we gave was, you're in an abusive relationship with someone um, who is in an addiction and, and they tell you over and over that they'll stop and you, you know, what do you do? So we were able to ask the students, check yourself or check your boyfriend or girlfriend or wrecked. What happens if you stay in the situation? Um, and we play out all these scenarios and we as the group gave the the wrecked situation, like while you stay with them, mm-hmm. you develop low self-esteem, you have, you know, image issues, you've been abused, you have trust problems, all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the whole um, exercise, we said, now all of those stories you just heard were true. They either happened to us or someone that we knew. 
Um, and that was kind of like the shock factor where right. we're not just reading stories off of yeah, a card now. Yeah, that you just made that up. The girls right. were very uh, shocked, and I think they felt pretty uh, bad because they were laughing during the whole thing, thinking it was like a funny thing. And then mm-hmm. after we told them that it actually happened to us, mm-hmm. yeah. they were like, Oh, like they felt like right. assholes. Like I'm. Yeah. I think I, I really yeah. saw that in them. Like, it sounds like they were acting like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're high you school. Know, finally, yeah. have all that. They were That's finally what, quiet. Right. <laughs> I bet it was pretty impactful, though. Right. Yeah, I, that was a good one. I, I, we took that. Michelle referred that one to us, and we made our own twist to it. Yeah. It was, it was actually very effective. There are some of the things we did in the program that were not as effective as we thought they would be, and then, then, then there were some that were m- more effective than we. Mm-hmm. So you had talked a, a little bit uh, earlier about that that this is really more about moments mm-hmm. than about you know it doesn't right. necessarily big big flashbang stuff. Mm-hmm. Were, were there any moments? in that day that you could recall? There were a lot mm. of them. That's why it was so cool. You know, I wasn't I wasn't able to make it that day. I woke up, I was sick actually for a few days with like food poisoning or something. But I had the opportunity to speak at a few other schools with Chelsea from Live for Lolly and mm-hmm. Michelle from um, with Take a Stand. Um, and I had one of those moments when we spoke at one of those schools um, where, you know, we went through our presentation and Steve from the other side got to speak with us too. And afterwards, after the assembly, we said, if anyone has any questions or wants to talk to us directly, come on up. We've got a few minutes. And this, um, this boy came up. I think he was a senior. Um, and he came up with a group of his buddies and just started talking bullshit and back and forth. And then he told me his sister died of an overdose two years prior mm-hmm. and how he's just so grateful that people are talking about it now. And, um, and I said to him, you know, have you ever thought about getting involved? Does this make you want to do something? Um, and he said, I'm just a kid. Who's going to listen to me? Mm. And that was my moment. That was one of those snap moments again. Like, this is why I'm here. I, I said to him, right now is when people will listen to you. You know, you're, right. at, the, you're at the forefront of our technology yeah. Um, yeah. generation. You pop culture, up. everything. Mm-hmm. I said, you are who they're listening to. I said, you know, if I was an adult up here speaking to you, would you have listened to me? You know, and, and I think that that was that snap moment for me and for mm-hmm. him where... Yeah, like Lindsay said, it's just that awakening, like, this is why I'm here right now, you know? Yep, mm-hmm. yep, little lights, little lights yeah. go on, don't they? It was heartbreaking mm-hmm. to hear him say that, but I think it was cool to have the opportunity to say, you're wrong, you yeah, have mm-hmm. a bigger purpose here, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's, that's a cool one. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what we'll do is we'll take, uh, we'll take, we'll take five minutes or so. Maybe four minutes and ten seconds, give or take. Yeah, four <laughs> minutes, yeah, yeah, okay. What are we going to, what are we listening to here, little prayer? <laughs> It's called The Habit. It's uh, by Lissy, and I like it. So enjoy. Okay. <laughs> we'll just, okay. We'll right. just let you go ahead and play it. Then. I will. I will. Okay. Thanks for being with us tonight. We'll be back with you in just four. Hope you're enjoying the show. We'll see you in a minute.
with us this evening. Welcome back to Recovery Internet Radio. As Rick said at the top of the show, you can reach us anytime at Rick Atwater on Twitter. Uh, you can reach us, you can call us right now on the phone at 323-792-2977. Although the truth is we really don't want to hear from you on <laughs> no. the phone. No, send me, a, send me a tweet and I will read it. <laughs> it would be lovely. I'll answer your question. Um, or I, or anyone, anyone here will answer your question. I probably won't. I'll just read your question. Um, anyway, We've got a couple of announcements. The show's been great so far. Courtney Lindsay, thank you very much for uh, being here tonight. Thanks for having us. Uh, what's yeah. the name of your organization again, just so we, we say it enough? Take a stand. Take a stand. Okay. Take a stand. Take a stand. You know what? We didn't we didn't mention, but is there a, a, a website or contact information you'd like Facebook to share? Go to the Facebook one, because the Facebook's the most popular. We're still in, our other one's in construction, so it's facebook.com slash Take a stand IL2012. Okay, great. We'll put a link up to that on our on our page, too, and... Um, you know, if you're listening out there. hold of yeah. Take a Stand. Yeah. They can yeah. do it through us mm-hmm. or if you happen to remember. Absolutely. Get a hold of them on their on their Facebook page if you'd like to find out more. And uh, that, that's a great thing. Um, we have a couple of quick announcements we'd like to make uh, in the middle of our in the middle of our broadcast here this evening. So um, let's see. Who do we who, who would we like to who would like to speak of, about you tonight? Sidekicks first. Sidekicks mentoring. It's a volunteer, no cost uh, youth mentoring program. Uh, it's something that we, we put together and we've been working on for quite some time. Um, we serve, well, let's see, what would be the best way to put it? If you say big brothers, big sisters, maybe maybe isn't isn't your speed, uh, we, we might be the ones for you. Um, we serve, uh, you know, adolescents that, that may have had some issues. We get referrals from, uh, from parents, school counselors, teachers, uh, court services and the like. And... Um, have a lot of a lot of caring mentors that that really have uh, big hearts and want to help and are going to be positive role models. Um, they're some really great people. So check us out at sidekicksmentoring.org, um, or you can there's a link to uh, to that website on recoveryinternetradio.com as well. So check that out if you are interested in uh, finding a mentor for someone or becoming a mentor yourself. Uh, what else we got? How about, uh, well, i got a couple things. A couple our, things. Our friends with uh, Double Take. Mm. Um, oh, they're good. Are, are, they're a band that, that, that plays mostly covers, dance band type of uh, band. They're lots of, lots of fun. And if you want to find out more about Double Take, go to doubletakechicago.com. 
usually we know where they're playing next, but we don't happen to right now. So we'll you can find out for yourself at DoubleTakeChicago.com. It'll also start playing uh, their cover the, of Brick House, Brick House immediately on going to their website. It'll be really, so really loud. Really loud. Nice. You might want to turn yeah. your volume up for that one. It's a good song. It is. Yeah, it is a good song. Brick. Um, Dirty Laundry <laughs> Designs. That's our uh, friends at Dirty Laundry Designs. Fresh cards for addiction and, and recovery. Oh, good one. They're See, a lot of yeah, fun. get one of the yeah. If you if you act now, you can get your Christmas card order in before the holidays. You can. I think. Is I that think right? You can. I hope I might be lying. You can <laughs> go. We've got Colleen at DirtyLaundryDesigns.com or call 815-245-1209. That's Dirty Laundry Designs. And I think we've we've, uh, pretty much covered all of our friends for this evening, haven't we? We might have a couple more, but you know what? Another show. Sorry, yeah. guys. There'll be other days. Be other days. <laughs> You're going to get some angry phone yeah. calls. Too bad. How dare you? For those of you we, we forgot, we, we apologize, yeah, but we're, we're moving on. We still love you. All right. Well, welcome back. So here we are. Okay. So um, some other things I wanted to talk about. Um, do you guys think that um, your, your perception, do you, do you think attitudes are changing towards, uh, towards addiction? Do you, do you see a change? I think the first onion peel is peeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like idea. people are now are admitting that heroin is at the forefront. Mm-hmm. I think people are now finally admitting it's here. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the perceptions on addiction are necessarily changing yet. Though. I agree. I think they're being educated. They're starting to become educated, which is the first that's okay, the first layer. I don't. I, I think it's a small population where the perceptions are actually changing. I think um, where there's still going to be a lot of challenge in, in changing mm-hmm. the perceptions on addiction and what it truly is. That mm-hmm. might be a, a thick, so thick layer. It's going to be a thick one. Yeah. Yeah. Big, yeah. A thick one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you'll cry a lot. Yeah, yeah exactly. You feel it. It's what exactly you, what it is. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe that's true. It's like the more the more you cry, the more you know you're getting you're getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, something like that. What, yeah. do you, what do you think, Courtney? Do you? Yeah, I agree with Lindsay. I mean, you know, up close um, with us being directly involved, we can see changes that have been made in some, you know, lives that we're connected to personally. I think on the whole, when people see another overdose, they just realize, oh, wow, there really is a heroin problem or an opiate problem or, you know, but I think Lindsay hit it on the head. There's not I don't think people are saying there's a problem and we need to, you know, diagnose or dissect this problem or Mm -hmm. treat it as a disease. I mean, on the larger scale, as far as law enforcement and some of our um, affiliated organizations go, there are definitely forward steps being made um, and big moves being made on that end. Um, Law enforcement, I think, is starting to recognize it and treat it differently. But as far as the general public, I I think there's a lot of work to still be done. Because it involves... It involves a choice of some sort in the beginning. You know, they, what mm-hmm. their their argument is, I that ch- that adolescent chose to use pot first, which led them to that. They mm-hmm. chose to use heroin mm-hmm. um, in the beginning. That may have turned into addiction, but it was their decision. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is, you know, I'm in psychology, so I'm all about the brain, and I thoroughly believe that an ad- and and you could start addiction at any age, but mm-hmm. as far as adolescence goes. When I was in high school, I didn't stop to think. I'm sorry, yeah. but like, you know, your your decision making part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. you want a little education, mm-hmm. you know, it's whatever. Not it's yeah. not developed until the age of like 24. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's physical 
proof right there. And mm-hmm. on top of it, there might be some more rational adolescents and others. I certainly was not one of them. <laughs> okay, right. like I didn't think before I tried pot in high school. I thought I, I was like, this is something new. Like right. I think I'll try this. This feels good. Is it gonna kill me? Right. No. All right. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's it's not okay. like that. It's not like it's it's a choice, sure, but it's I'm invincible at that age. Right. I'm not. Uh, now I'm a little more cautious because I'm mm-hmm. a little, you know, I've got a lot on the line, a lot to lose. But at that time, no. no way. But that's the way. That's what you're saying is that's the way people Proceed. can justify mm-hmm. or oh, yeah. even we don't want to use that word to make it sound bad. I understand that mm-hmm. people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Sure. You can't. You, that it looks to them like it's a choice. So therefore. Right. It's your own fault, and right. therefore... You put yourself in this position. You put yourself in this position, so right. why are we going to get well, our... Yeah, it's a different point of view. I mean, for someone that's 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 probably older, making looking at laws, you know, I want to protect mm-hmm. the kids, okay. they're making a choice, it's a judgment thing, mm-hmm. but they're not thinking, right. you know, like, no. like, Lindsay, I think you made, you, you, you explained it pretty well, yeah. when you're when you are that age, when you're when you're an adolescent, and mm-hmm. you know it's just around, you're not thinking, you're not right. like hmm, I, weighing your options. Like mm-hmm. I wonder if I will get arrested for this. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe let's affect my brain in some way. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I don't want to lose but, my job at Rosati's. It's a whole different different mentality. Right. Sure. Yeah, my mom might test me. Right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But it but it makes it hard. For the community at large to, because you have to discriminate between, because there are people who are simply making simply making a choice in their social, you know, they do they do their social using right. thing, and then it never goes beyond that. And there's right. lots of people like that. Absolutely. And then there's other people who are in the process of developing a disease, mm-hmm. and you can't tell them apart by looking. Right. So no. I understand why people are confused because mm-hmm. you know you we all look. It's a confusing disease. It's a confusing mm-hmm. disease. Absolutely. Like you said, when you try to make sense of it, you lose you're, your mind. You're, yeah, you're basically screwed. <laughs> don't because, try. You know, <laughs> don't try. Just go, yeah, just go to work. Another one I've heard specifically about the heroin, and I don't know if you've heard this one, but, yeah, heroin's a terrible thing. Um, but, you know, and, yes, I know people are, are dying of heroin overdoses, but really when you look at it, the numbers are pretty small. Uh, in, in a in a larger, if you were to look at it outside, and you're, if I'm outside, I'm looking onto the earth. Yes. I wish I would hear someone say that. I, well, I that I, would just, just blow my mind because. But I, I have. So you, I'm telling you. Know you know that in in DuPage County, from January 1st to July 1st, mm-hmm. I think there was 17 deaths or 18 right. deaths in that six month time span, and then from July 1st to July 17th, there was another 15 right. just in those 17 days in one county. Right. If someone were to say to me, on the larger scale, those are small numbers. In my own high school, you know, right. we had two deaths in one year. That, that's, and they were both my friends. That's two more people than there need to be, as far as I'm concerned. Well, here's the other thing that I think that, that you know, I've heard that, so I know people say right. that. And, Absolutely. and if people are saying it, then there's more people that are thinking it. But, right. you know, one of the statistics that, that got me was there's more, there's more young people dying of heroin overdoses than there are for any other reason mm-hmm. and all other reasons then put together. Yeah. Than car accidents, mm. then accidental deaths of any kind. Right. All other causes mm-hmm. in that age group put together is less than mm-hmm. heroin overdose deaths. Yeah. So if it yeah. were car accidents, we'd be freaking out. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, my course. God. Oh, the the car accident. Right. Don't text Airbags. and drive. Don't text right. and drive. You yeah. know? 
Yeah, absolutely. And you don't you just don't hear about you don't hear about heroin deaths and I think mm-hmm. what what you're doing to to help raise that awareness that first layer or first or second either or uh, mm-hmm. to to put that out there. I mean, they had yeah. a, they had a thing on the news the other day, 150 people in 5 years in the entire country died because of impure um supplements. Right. Echinacea mm-hmm. or something. I don't know, who knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's on the nightly news and they're making mm-hmm. this big deal on, oh, you know, supplements are dangerous and right. that's 150 people in 5 years. And we're mm-hmm. talking you know, mm-hmm. when you look at two or three people out of a few hundred in a year. Mm-hmm. And that's not You probably had 150 people in 5 years. Well, I know the numbers in McHenry County actually were were I think 75 deaths in 5 years in the last 5 years from heroin overdose. Right. That's that's our, McHenry County. That's McHenry County. That's not national. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, so right. And I don't know what it is in Lake yeah. County, but I'm sure it's double that or, or it, more. It was, yeah. I know 12, there was at least, for the year of 2012, at least 65, at least. In mm-hmm. the year. In the year. And I think that was October. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that includes November, December, mm-hmm. um, from what I can remember. That's just Lake County. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, I, yeah. So point, yeah, that's so two, point that's two made. classrooms a kid. It's triple. I mean, so, it's, yeah. you know, that's if you want to make it large scale, that's two classrooms a kid. Two classrooms a kid. So what, you know, mm-hmm. so what would uh, that? That's a good way to look at it. So I mean, but those are the kinds of things I think that you guys are up against in terms of people's oh, yeah. perceptions of, yeah. you know, of <laughs> and why is it that that people find it so hard to face that. Yeah. Scared? I don't know. What do you think? Are they scared? Or I think they... it's because because we're human beings. We need to compartmentalize stuff and justify stuff. Yeah, and sure. when tragedy happens, we need to turn it into something that we can come to terms with because of our human emotions. For you know, when when Lindsay and I were growing up having family members in addiction, it's so easy for us to just to rationalize it by saying, well, they're just an addict. They made that decision instead of really digging into it. Because digging into it now means that. I don't get to view my mother as my mother who made a bad decision. Now I have to view her as someone with a disease and treat her that way. And that is hard as hell to do. That sucks. It's not easy to it's do. It's hard to do. Absolutely. Just blow it off and, and, say, and so if you can tell somebody, this isn't a conscious decision. This is something that needs to be treated. And, you know, and, and they, are need, they need to get help, basically. Um, but carelessness, too, because right. some people just simply either aren't affected by it or don't want to know or mm-hmm. don't want to deal with it. They simply, it simply does not touch them, and so it doesn't matter. Right. Done. That's it. If it doesn't affect me, it doesn't matter. It's like how I talk about, um, you know, certain politics. Well, it's not affecting me, so I'm not going to look more into that. Right. It's the same thing. It's Even if it's happening around you, it's not happening to you, so you're not, why would you, the question for the, why am I going to bother something about I have an opinion on it. That's all I know. Mm -hmm. I have an opinion on it. But I have no motivation or no need to yeah. delve into it. I think that's too hard. Diving into it means that you're involved. Right, you know, you're involved. I, you, right. Have to, you have now, to do some personal work. Now I've work, got investment like, in this. Understand, forgive, right. stuff like that. That's just hard. Responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's yeah. just easier to compartmentalize that and say this goes in this category, um, you know, where I don't touch this and it, it belongs here and this is how I understand that and that's how I deal with it. And, you know, I think right. it's, it's sad to say, but I think there is some thought out there or some attitude out there that, you know, well, we were talking about the choice thing. Well, it's sad that they died mm-hmm. and it's a horrible thing, but they were drug addicts. Right. Right. You know, and that's the stigma that you're talking about. Yeah. But here's the thing, like, it's because like, it's a they thing. They, right. But they ch- it is a they thing. Right. It's they, a they 
they did that. that. They yeah. they wrecked their lives. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know about that, but they wrecked their lives. So it's like depression. It's the same thing concept as depression. You know, um, when you're depressed, people say, well, they're being the victim. They're acting depressed. They're putting themselves in that situation when truly it's biological. Mm-hmm. It's partially biological. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be treated just like addiction mm-hmm. can. And it's kind of like one of those things. Like my aunt, for instance, who just passed away recently uh, from alcoholism, she didn't choose to, you know, she didn't choose to be, live in a trailer park home. She didn't choose to, um, you know, not have kids, not find love. She didn't choose to be with an abusive man for 10 years. She didn't choose any of that. In fact, every time I saw her on Christmas Eve, um, She'd be intoxicated, but she certainly would cry every year, mm. every single year. Mm-hmm. She was in so much pain, but there was no, a lot of other family members, especially um, the ones on the more, my more conservative side of the family, there's not a lot of remorse for that because um, they do believe that, you know, she chose to be mm-hmm. that way, but I don't believe that she chose to be that way. So I felt a, a heart for her all the years mm-hmm. because I know how it's got, it's painful to be stuck in something that you can't get out of. Yeah. It's like, it's anything, it's caffeine, it's anything that you're addicted to. If you're trapped somehow, whether, mm-hmm. it's, it's, whether it's a flexible trap or it's something a little bit tougher to get out of, it, it is a trap and every human goes through it mm-hmm. and it's it can be related in any situation there's just it's just a different thing. Right. One of the things that yeah. I heard. So we all we all share that. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. Steve Stevo from the other side, who you said you've had here, um, he spoke at our walk this past summer, and one of the things that stood out to me the most that he said um, was that he would say every single day, every day when he was in his addiction, he would say, "I'm not, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm not going to use tomorrow. I'm mm-hmm. going to get clean." And he said. I meant it every single time I said it. I yep. meant it with everything in me, and then the addiction would take over, and right. then and then you 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 know you don't have that willpower anymore. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. I can relate that to weight loss. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, dieting. I care so I'm going to stop my eating health, chocolate tomorrow. Yeah, I'm yeah. and you mean it when you say it. And but I thought it. that was and so it powerful for yeah. him to say. I think that um, people that are in an, in an addiction, they mm-hmm. have shame and they have humility and they have the same emotions and the same sensations that us normies do you know what i mean they just they're making decisions they're in just as much pain right that are influenced by an addiction that they can't control and because of that the majority of society doesn't feel remorse and they don't feel compassion or empathy for that when i hear some of the stories that my friends in recovery tell me that they've gone through. Some of them are funny as hell. Some of them are like crazy, like what the hell were you thinking? But a lot of them are really heartbreaking stories. And they're beautiful people now because of that. But they were beautiful then too. And, you know, we just want the general public to see that, that regardless of, yeah, they might make some shitty decisions. Yeah, they might steal 20 bucks from you. But, you know, they (laughs) they have a heart. They have feelings. They have, they're upset about that just like you are. You know what I mean? And when they do that, more than likely the addiction is running the show. Absolutely. Not, not the first. Absolutely. And to make that separation Isn't you really have to be you you have to do the work. Right. You you, you know, you guys have done the work. Mm-hmm. Whatever that work is, whether it's the personal stuff that you've been through or what, mm-hmm. whatever that mo- you know, that moment that you mm-hmm. know, you had that you re- that you kind of did the forgiving, moment. that's the work. Mm-hmm. 
and you know how do you you know so those are the moments I think and it's not like we just have a revelation and we're fine like I still deal with that on a day-to-day basis you know I'm sure Lindsay does I'm sure other people who can relate to us now that we understand and we had that snap moment we still have to deal with that on a you know that's why they have like Al-Anon and FA like Families Anonymous meetings because you don't just wake up and you're fine with things because you understand it now you still struggle but it's easier yeah. to accept it. You just, you get it. You know what I mean? It's easier to feel empathy. And I think a little empathy from, from an average citizen wouldn't hurt. Um, it would mm-hmm. give hope. No, you know I mean? Hurt. Imagine Absolutely. like obesity, like heart, you know, heart, people have heart attacks. There's a lot of empathy for people who have heart attacks, but you know what? Part of that they did to themselves. They made the choice to eat mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, but it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel that, that that's kind of a disease, you know, food mm-hmm. addiction or whatever. Sure. And you feel empathy for them. Can, Can you feel empathy for our, our young people or even our any addict that, that is struggling mm-hmm. in their addiction? Can you understand it? Can we get people to understand it that way? Mm-hmm. I hope you know? so. I, I really hope so. I hope so. And I, so it really gets me to the one of the other questions I was I wanted to ask you um, is what so what are what would you say your your near term goals are or where do you, what do you want to get to in the next say the next twelve months the next twelve months um, I think our big focus is going to be on schools mm-hmm. getting in with. Um, with a, getting our program to a T where we feel very confident in it. Right now mm-hmm. we're kind of in a trial and error mm-hmm. tweak stage, but um, we'd really like to get to a point where we have more schools reaching out to us, that we are becoming more credible mm-hmm. as a group. And then I think the other goal is definitely get this year's walk to be mm-hmm. big, where we'd like talk to about what this you, the, Talk about the walk you did the last time and then what you want to do with it this time and when it's going to be, I guess. It's Well, it's... I believe this year it's going to be in July. Like July, the, end of July. the exact date is to be determined. Okay. Um, last year and the year before, we do we do it at Paulus Park Lake Zurich every year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, usually starts usually on a Saturday morning. Um, it goes till like you know I don't know 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do speakers, really powerful speakers. We do usually do about four. We'll do a recovering addict. Somebody who's lost someone, a professional, mm-hmm. and someone from law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically, four different perceptions. So, because mm-hmm. we want sure. that's the point is to yeah. get the different perceptions in there for people to learn. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, we want to we want it in a place that attracts the unaware. So, we want people to stumble upon us. We want the community to look at it as in a community event. So, we have free food. It's a free event. We have mm-hmm. face painting, mm-hmm. things that a lot of families would want to bring their kids to, mm-hmm. because we need to attract people who may or may not be affected by right. it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we also have a lot of, um, so that was kind of what we've been doing. So we have pretty a pretty successful, like informative booth set up too from all of our supportive booth. organizations and, um, you know, some, some recovery centers and the balloon things. release. Yeah. And a memorial the 5k balloon. walk around the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. you want to mention some of the, your affiliates or some of the people that you, you're, you've, you've, sure. Yeah. Some of them I've already mentioned. Um, the guys at the other side are just amazing. And well, I should say guys and girls cause they've got Nikki there too now. Right. Um, and Cassandra. Hi guys. Shout out to the other side. <laughs> what up? Yeah, what up? <laughs> you want to say for those that, for those that are listening that don't know what, what the other side is. I think yeah. we've mentioned it several oh, times. Yeah. So, um, the guys at the other side, it's just basically a bunch of guys, amazing guys who, um, they, you know, after they would go to their meetings, they would have 
really nowhere to go and hang out. They would just hang out in this old warehouse um, and just shoot the shit for a while. And after a while, they were like, you know, we should turn this into something. So they decided to turn it into a sober nightclub. Um, They serve Red Bull, um, energy drinks, pop. And Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, we were talking earlier about them. They're just such an amazing, amazing group of men um, and women now. Um, So now they have a counselor there who's Nikki. Um, She's incredible. And I know they're refining an IOP program. I don't know where they are with that, though. And then Cassandra, who is, um, she's part of Wake the Nation. She's an element of their entire program, the New Directions program. Um, You know, we have worked closely with Chelsea from Live for Lolly. Live for Lolly, which is now, say a little something about that, because I don't know what that is. Um, well, Chelsea lost her brother to a heroin overdose. His last mm-hmm. name is La Liberté. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. never say that right. Okay. Um, is that right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they're, yeah, they're an advocacy group also. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's incredible. She's a good friend of mine and of the groups, and she does a lot of work um, with the task force, with law enforcement and mm-hmm. stuff like that. She does more of the, she does a lot of stuff on the legal side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, we had... The Sams are a huge part yeah, of Yeah, the Jeremy Sam Remembrance the Foundation. The year we were together, they were, uh, they were the ones that, we were, they were the ones we met with and we decided to give our funds to them our first year because we were not mm-hmm. official 501c3. I think we donated them over $8,000. Mm-hmm. They, they're they more preventive. They send kids to camps, YMCA camps, uh, for summers. Mm-hmm. They sponsor and say what that group is again. Jeremy, Jeremy Stom, remember, sorry, Jeremy Stom Remembrance. Stom, Jeremy Stom. Yeah, S-O-M, Remembrance. S-O-M, Remembrance. Oh, God, that family is full of love. I just can't get over it. But we work, we we still, we worked with them very closely the first year. Now that we're kind of coming into our Mm -hmm. own, um, you know, obviously, Mm -hmm. we're kind of more into, but it was pretty cool. They're They're amazing. So they had booths there. We had, um, you know, we had Rose Cairns there. We had, Mm -hmm. um, who else did we have? We had Counselor... Probably did Gateway there. What was her name? We did have Gateway, Gateway there. We there. had Antioch yeah. Recovery Club was there. We love them. Barb's a lot of fun. Um, dang it, who else did we have? I know we had a lot more than that. I'm just mm-hmm. brain farting right most, now. Okay. <laughs> so, but the walk will be. Nicholas Gifts of Hope. Yeah, yeah. They give they Nicholas Gifts of Hope. They give free drug testing kits oh, okay. to parents who mm. want drug testing kits for their kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Kind cool. Yeah. yeah parents we had up. four friends, kids five friends. Up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you thought your parents were going to have to pay thirty yeah. bucks, but no. they can get them for free. Turns out, no. Well, that's, that's another. It's a good tool, and that's a good service. Yeah, yeah. they're awesome. That's cool. So, well, and are there any other events plans before? Uh, I want to make sure we get get that. We'll probably do a small fund. I'm sure we'll do a fundraiser in the beginning of the year, but it's not. It, Facebook site is going to be the best place to see what's going on. Right. Um, we're still, our first meeting is January 9th, our New Year's meeting mm-hmm. with Take a Stand. Um, we encourage people to email us with suggestions and, and mm-hmm. everything that they could possibly have because we use people's ideas. Like We want them to yeah. give us their feedback. Okay. We also throughout right. the year try and set up um, like meetings and like we'll try and do like once a month if we can in a public place. We go to Fridays a lot mm-hmm. or Starbucks or places like that where we encourage community members and supporters to come to the meetings and give us your feedback, give us suggestions. And they do. Yeah. They come. Yeah. Do they? Oh yeah. And yeah, it's awesome. they're the best time. Yeah, we, we had a high school them. there girl a few times who yeah. was doing it actually for like she had to do like community service or credit hours or something for school. And she just had a lot of really cool input and she was like just super down to volunteer with us. Different ages too. Like we we'll get like people in on our girls. meetings. Hmm. 
Yeah, like we've Skyped Brian a few times on our meetings. You know, they'll FaceTime with us or Skype with us. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. That's good. That's mm-hmm. great. Well, you guys are uh, articulate and dedicated, and you are really take it. You know, run with it. You know, you do. You, do. You, you state your case very well. I think you yeah. you you make a lot of sense out of a something that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it sounds like you've really done a lot of good stuff, and you have a lot of uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff ahead of you. I really. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. We hope so. Is there any um, last words that you'd like to say before we? Put a wrap on our just evening. to reach out, um, reach out. You know, I mean, there's resources. We we have are in touch with many, many, many resources. Mm-hmm. So whatever the situation is, one good thing about us is that we can get you in touch with someone that might be able to help you, mm-hmm. whether it's you're recovering or you're affected by addiction or you're not, and you just want to know. But um, you can always reach out to us for that mm-hmm. for any reason, and uh, mm-hmm. we can usually always get you somewhere. Or, yeah, and like Lindsay said, we're trying to build our rapport with local schools. So if anyone knows of, um, yeah. you know, any teachers or counselors that are interested in meeting with us and, and possibly setting up some presentations to get in touch with us through our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Say your Facebook page one more time. It's facebook.com slash takeastandil2012. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys for thank you guys for coming. We have thank a little, you for having us. A little um, exit here that we do. and. But I, I really am, uh, was a pleasure talking to you, and it's funny how, how many of the same people we, we know. Yeah. So I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk uh, again, because uh, I really do want to talk to you about the fundraiser that we have, you know, coming up. Yeah. Tonight. Cool. Thank you. Um, so I also want to thank our listeners, um, mm-hmm. those of you who were listening in tonight, mm-hmm. and encourage you if you like the show or if you listen to the show on, in, in in the archives that um, you pass it along, you pass the link along to anybody you think might benefit by hearing what we have to say. Mm-hmm. We want to thank you for helping to make us a successful little underground support source for recovery. Um, we'll email out our reminders, and if you guys want to leave me an email or contact Chris so we, we make sure we have that, we'll get you a reminder so you'll always know what shows we've got going on. Yeah. We try to look at recovery from a wide and open perspective, so okay. we'll try to have a lot of different ways to look at things here on Sunday nights at 7. So again, check recoveryinternetradio.com for all of our archive shows and to sign up for our email reminder list. And remember, too, that we want to hear from you so we know where you are, because since we're an internet radio show, we don't know where you're listening from, and we'd really love to know. We're curious. If it's Tanzania. Where are you? Yeah, where are you? (laughs) We really want to know. So as always, live today, love yourself and your neighbor, and together we'll trudge the happy road to destiny. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and we'll see you at 7 p.m. next Sunday night.